During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Now Moses was tending um, the flock in Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the, the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him to, called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good place good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites have reached me, and I have seen the way of the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. In our last session, uh, Tim was exploring the chains we make, how we get bound up in our passions, and not always for the wrong reason, but sometimes we do the right thing in the wrong way. And those chains can get heavy and feel very long, binding us to a painful memory or a mistake or a moment that has long passed, but somehow we feel bound to it or constrained by it or limited because of it. Since we left Moses in chapter 2, a long time has passed. Moses now is settled into desert life. He's found work there as a shepherd, he's got married, and they've started a family together. The king of Egypt that Moses was on the run from has since died. Life has moved on both here and there in many, many ways. Moses' passion to see his people set free had once blazed in him so brightly he'd been willing to kill for it but he quickly found out that he wasn't prepared to die for it and that fire that flared up all burned out so quickly and ever since then he's been burned up he's been a fugitive but as far as he could run from Egypt uh, I'll bet that the image of a powerless Israelite being beaten up ruthlessly by an armed Egyptian soldier wouldn't leave him as easily. It would be burned, wouldn't it, into your mind like an after image. It would uh, haunt your quiet moments, your, your nightmares, really. I don't know if you've ever 
seen anyone being beaten up, but you can't see that happening and forget about it easily. The sight of so much aggression and anger and fear, the sound of the fists, the shouts of rage, the cries of pain, and in you the surge of emotion, the shock, not easily forgotten. But somehow now, Moses had found a way to forget, to leave it behind, to, to move on, to let that fire of passion just, just die down. And it was now barely burning embers somewhere in the bottom, in the dregs of his heart. The silence of desert life has drowned out the cries now of the poor man. The, the sheer distance between there and here has made the memory smaller and smaller. And a once red hot passion has now been cooled by time and space, by new distractions and routines. Moses' story has changed. Uh, a new page has turned, a new chapter had begun, but back in Egypt, the story continued because the truth is, as much as we all like to insulate ourselves from the pain of others and the struggle of others, there is always another story. Painful to witness, hard to hear, not easily forgotten, but waiting to be listened to, longing to be heard seen and valued. What are the other stories that run parallel to ours that we might often fail to listen to? What chains might we be carrying? What holds us back from really listening to the other story? needs to wake Moses up, to stir the dream of freedom in him again, to awaken passion again, to relight the fire again. And somewhere on that ordinary day, in some lonely corner of the Midian desert, a bushfire starts to blaze. Now, that alone, for those people who, who knew desert life, was not unusual. The branches of the bush are so dry and brittle uh, and the noonday sun is, is so hot that it's quite commonplace that bushfires can just erupt. But usually they consume the bushfire as, as, as quickly as it flared up in the first place. But on this day, in this place, there was a fire that would not be consumed and the flames that would not be dried up. An eternal fire an enduring flame, a passion that would not be so easily extinguished. Moses goes over to see what's happening and a voice speaks to him from within the flames. Moses freezes on the spot and as instructed, takes off his sandals, suddenly aware that the place where he's standing now is holy ground. 
I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses instinctively covers his face. He's, he's terrified to look upon the God of his ancestors. But God explains to Moses, I have seen what you have seen. I have heard what you have heard. And I have felt what you have felt. I've come down, Moses, to put a stop to all of this, to let my people go, to set them free. We're going back in, Moses. We're going back to Egypt. We're going to get them out. But this time, the fire won't be consumed, not by threat, not by fear, not by stubbornness. Uh, the passion won't dry up. This time, we're going to see it through. This time, we're going to do it my way. I've seen it, I've felt it, I've heard it. In our uh, English translations, we have the phrase in one of the verses, I am concerned about their suffering. But literally in the Hebrew language, it's the words are so, so short, so simple. I know their pain. Know as in to intimately know the knowledge of personal experience, to be close enough to feel it. Moses, I'm not living somewhere up there, somewhere in my own story, somewhere high above all the stories of the earth. I am right here in the fire of your pain and your passion, knowing it, seeing it, feeling it, holding it, but not consumed by it. And I have come so that you might know that I care and so that you might know that I can break these chains. And maybe it is right now that God just wants to come near to us and to say this to us. You may not have always known it, seen it, felt it or believed it, but I am right here. In the fire of your pain and your passion, I see you, I get you, I know you, and your story matters to me, your pain, your chains, and I have come so that you might know that I really do care about you, that I really can break your chains. In Psalm 56, which is a song uh, that was written by someone called David, who one day would be king over Israel. Um, but he was uh, captured at this point in his life by the Philistines. And this was written in the horrors uh, of being held captive by Israel's worst enemy. Uh, David writes these words. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Our tears are never wasted. Our tears are precious to God. Not one has been shed that has not landed on his record. Not one has fallen without his notice. The chains he breaks, he knows, he cares, he holds. And when we stop and notice, he comes.
What real difference does it make just knowing that God sees our story, knows our struggle and feels our pain? How does God wake us up to this? So this moment is for you. Use this time for prayer, to share with God, a God who knows your pain, who understands your difficulties, your life from beginning to end. He knows what you're going through and wants to provide comfort, love and peace for you. You can pause the video and pray now, or you can continue and pray later. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for the unlimited patience you show us as we struggle through life trying to make the right choices. Help us realise that you know us, that you are for us and you are with us. Draw near to us as we draw near to you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on this journey through the early life of Moses. It has been great to learn together and explore some passages from the Bible in a different way. And we look forward to sharing with you again in the next series. But for now, may God bless you.